Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic, and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love, and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome to this brand new episode of our series, Innovation, where I talk to inspirational directors and founders of new businesses. And today I'm talking to Rachel Mole, who is founder and managing director of SIC. And SIC stands for SIC in the City, non-profit company. And it's an innovative e-training company that offers free training to disabled, chronically and mentally ill people in the UK to close the disability gap. Rachel started this business during the pandemic and she has such an interesting story to tell, really inspirational. And we talk about the risks of doing something completely new, the uncomfortable conversations that she is having with businesses about this employment gap, the risks that she's taken to get funding for this business, and the importance of being super adaptable and pivoting and moving really, really quickly. And what SICK are doing is so exciting. They're building an online space that really levels the playing field for disabled people, providing free training in digital content and online marketing to give them a competitive edge and to help them in a competitive job market. And also supporting employers and businesses, sponsorship and consulting to help them meet their inclusion goals and their accessibility goals. I know you're going to love this episode and you will really enjoy listening to Rachel. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Lovely to have you with us. So can you tell us what you do exactly and how your business started? Yeah, so I launched Sick in the City about a year and a half ago. I was uh, out of work and uh, a casualty of the pandemic and looking for a new project. As a disabled woman, I knew the struggles firsthand of what it's like um, looking for work accessing work and knew that there was a story in that so I launched initially Sick in the City as a blog it soon pivoted and pivoted again until we find ourselves with the iteration we see now which is Sick S-I-C and it is a a e-training company for disabled people to access career advice and knowledge as well as a, a solution for businesses who are looking to be more accessible, inclusive employers. That's fantastic. And it sounds like it was 
launched at a time when probably really needed, but also at a time when you yourself must have been struggling. But up till that point, I'd um, I'd been managing a, a huge women's community and decided that actually I wanted to have a go at the nine to five office experience. That wasn't something that I'd ever had before. And society tells you that, you know, you're not really working properly if you're not grinding, if you're not doing that kind of work ethic in the office, career ladder thing. So I took a very junior position Mm -hmm. with a medical editing company. And um, two months later, it very nearly put me in the hospital with exhaustion and stress and yeah, so mm. I ended up being furloughed and then uh, they, they let me go that summer, which was not surprising to me at all. Um, yeah, that, mm. that's where, where I left myself at the end of 2020. Yes. What were some of the reasons why it caused so much stress for you being in that environment? So my disability is an energy disability. I don't particularly present as being physically disabled, but I have a condition called postural tachycardia and another condition called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So the symptoms of that are extreme fatigue, extreme uh, chronic pain, my joints can dislocate and it's not conducive to traveling an hour on a train into an office, sitting at a desk nine till 5.30. It was a lot and um, in hindsight, too much. But equally, um, I was 20, 24, 25, and I felt that I w- had missed out a part of my life because I'd never had that experience. I don't regret it in the least. It taught me a huge amount about myself um, and also about how businesses operate and how they look at disability uh, in an office environment and treat kind of those conversations yeah that would have given you complete first-hand insight and I can imagine it must be really problematic if your disability isn't visible did you find yourself having to kind of explain yourself yes yeah and going into this particular job disability advocacy you know wasn't new to me um I have worked within disability advocacy consulting as like on and off because you know it's it's where my expertise is, and um, mm. so going into that environment, I went in as a very empowered woman, knowing what I needed to say and how to navigate those conversations. Um, so mm. you know, it it's only served to kind of teach me a little bit more about you know realities of being in those situations for other people. And once I started sharing my story afterwards, you know, it was the same stories were coming out again and again you know disabled people were during, yes. during the pandemic um, more likely to be made redundant than non-disabled people so the employment gap opened up a significant amount again and um, that all just led me to knowing that sick was something that was really needed. I mean it is so interesting to hear that because those experiences that you had in that office job I mean they gave you some positive experiences and just insight into how how the world operates how the working world operates I I do think that actually is quite valuable especially now people can't actually have that in quite the same way but also it's given you all that kind of 
closer insight on how other people respond to things um, in the workplace, which is probably really a big part of what you do now. So tell us more about your work and the training that you offer and how how it all kind of fits and works. I'm kind of coming into this as uh, a person with two different perspectives. Um, as a disabled person, I can see there's so much training that needs to be offered for disabled people to access career advice, to know that it's absolutely possible to be successful as a disabled person, um, knowing that, you know, more than likely things like education and um, accessing the right career advice and support from a young age is, um, you know, disabled people are left behind in those conversations. Um, so it was important mm-hmm. when we first launched that disabled people were the first focus. So we do work experience training placements uh, with us and uh, we facilitate those with other companies as well. Um, and through those disabled people have access to hands-on training in digital roles that are conducive to working from home flexibly, which is also mm-hmm. a major you know, barrier for many disabled people. We're launching our learning hub um, on Monday, which is very exciting. So that's been a few months of Mm. hard work of, you know, pulling together materials that disabled people are really excluded from, like how to write a CV. There's so many guides and workbooks on how to do that, but none on how to write a CV when you're a disabled person with employment gaps or you have Mm. to explain your disability because it's you know it's a part of you like how do you do that um because there is such a massive stigma around conversations so it was really important that the learning hub was the kind of first thing that we built and um will offer so that would be for trainees and freelancers employees basically anyone who's disabled who needs career advice and bit of career support the disability employment gap is massive it's it's a real issue in the UK um and I think if anything the pandemic has shown how flexible and accommodating employers can be when they want to be yes when they need to be yes yes kind of off the back of seeing this big shift um and coming into you know where I am building myself to be an expert in as well we're launching our business centre in a few weeks as well the waiting list for that and that is for businesses who recognize that they need to be having these conversations recognize that disability is part Mm -hmm. of a wider language of access and inclusion in the workplace and really want to start building solid foundations and inclusive work cultures to allow everybody within their Mm -hmm. business to take advantage of that and thrive. So um, it's very much a circular economy. So it requires a circular answer. And we are hoping to kind of provide both sides of the coin with that. Gosh, I've, I've got lots of questions I want to ask now. But um, was there nothing like what you're offering out there? Yes, there are, you know, quite a few different uh, regional offerings. Um, there's a few mm-hmm. national ones. However, one is very much targeted to huge corporate clients with thousands of employees. Right. 
where it's you know within my research I found it's harder to make quick impactful changes within work cultures that exist on mm-hmm. such a scale so our focus is very much on the entrepreneur running multiple business hiring lots of freelancers mm-hmm. and SMEs who have those right. teams who can um, you know really engage with us and go away the next day and start creating internal policies and mm-hmm. organizational shifts and then we also find that there's a few organizations that the language that they use around disability is very much within like the charity doing disabled people a favor by hiring them right yes people yes needy as needing that help and for me that that kind of language counters the the mission that we're trying to do in that we're trying to build mm-hmm. a conversation around disabled people um you know not not being different you know we're not other we're not in the other yes category. yes yeah and it does sound very much like the, the approach is very much around or linked to how businesses are now I mean you know lots of small businesses the way that people are working now nobody wants to go back to the nine to five every single day and this kind of agile working and digital working so you're kind of appealing to to something which is very current um, and very very much needed and it's, it's fantastic and I want to ask you about the learning hub so do people go onto that and they find resources or can they take part in actual courses are those live are they self-access how, how does all that work Yes. Yeah, so I mean that is the aim <laughs> um, currently it is um, things like we have a, a really great book recommendation list a really great courses online um, that we recommend for you know developing and upskilling in different areas um, and then our own internal workbooks and guides that we are launching a new one each month for each area and really it's also about collaborating with our community and our audience so you know I'm very well aware Mm -hmm. that my experience of disability and the career space is very going to be very different to somebody else and um, we have career clinics uh, every month which are free for disabled people to attend to get career advice Um, so really hearing and listening to what people are asking for in terms of help will definitely shape the resources that we we build and provide on that how do you get your funding (laughs) great question (laughs) we're a cic so community interest company which means we are uh, so we are able to apply for grants and get donations that way um but it was also really important for me to build this company as a sustainable business um, I want it to be able to mm-hmm. operate without funding because, as we know, uh, funding is precarious and can be promised and pulled one day to the next. Yes. Um, so in order to build a sustainable business, um, our business centre, for example, will be funding the work that we do. So it will very much be you know, businesses who are really committed to um, prioritising this and, and having those conversations will be putting the money where the mouth is and um, all of that will go mm-hmm. to keeping sick uh, running and then any funding that we do get will be 
um, you know, little extras, whether it's uh, workshops, uh, cost material development, um, paying for paying work experience placements for disabled people. Uh, you know, we, we have a long list of things that we would yeah. love to do. Mm. Yes, yes. I mean, yeah, funding is always a is always an issue, isn't it? It's um it's that balance between bringing some income in and mm-hmm. and getting funding. And of course, you've got a lot of competition for that funding as well. So it's incredibly challenging. But presumably, you got funding to start the business. So that was me. That was uh, I sold my house. That was you. <laughs> oh my gosh! My mum and yeah, I've. Uh, basically started with a director's loan of my own capital and um, took advantage of the government's kickstart scheme. Uh, I'm bringing on a gorgeous girl, Alice, who is uh, currently our partnerships manager who started with me freelance and she's coming on as uh, it will be announced mm-hmm. by the time this goes out. So I can say it with glee, like she'll be coming on as a co-director <laughs> and COO uh, to really help us take wow. this next level um and we've secured a private donation for to cover us basically for this year for our basic costs um which has meant that you know we can continue to do the work that we do while we're building those revenue streams but that is such a testament to passion i mean to sell your house and to put everything into this yes that's incredible thank you yeah I think it's it came it came all at the right time of you know my job was mm. finished, a relationship ended and um I was away from family and with it being the pandemic as well you know um I felt mm. that actually selling the house and having that money there ready for you know whatever it was that I did because I didn't I knew I was going to do something with it but not what <laughs> still that's just I I do think that just speaks to having a passion for something if you're willing to do that then I, I want to say something cheesy like inner calling but you know it's, well, it's, it's I, passion I, and, and following that, that passion yeah. so. I'm happy to say that I strongly <laughs> believe that this is my mission in this lifetime and to the mm. point where it's written into our business plan that if the uh, the CIC arm of sick is still around by the time I retire, then we've failed. We've failed in our mission because it's all about building these empowering mm. businesses and building these structures to to bring disabled people into the normal employment pool. There is no reason mm. why we should be separate. So, yes, yeah. 50, 50 yeah. years from now, if we're still going, then there's there's something that's fundamentally wrong with what what what, what we're doing um, <laughs> so what do you think um what, what's been most challenging for you in these past 18 months setting all this up um I'd say there's two main challenges that have really stood out to me um first is having those initial conversations with businesses and business leaders about disability is very tricky if they themselves have have never confronted disability as an organization or even individually uh, disability mm. holds um, prejudice and stigma on capability and you know tr- going in and challenging those ideas 
is uh, difficult mm. when people are not sure whether or not to, you know, quote unquote, take a risk by hiring a disabled person. Um, so that's that's been one big challenge. Um, you know, we are, yeah, we're we're growing with um, the businesses that we are working with i'm a big believer in it's not a one solution fits all so when we go in to do consulting it is on an individual basis building from the foundations mm. that they built themselves we're not there to change their business we're there to you know evolve it in a really you know productive yeah. and inclusive way um so that that's one big challenge um and then the other challenge is my own health to be to be blunt it's um it's something mm -hmm. that i am very aware of as a as a young woman i am faced with you know this entrepreneurial girl boss narrative that if i'm not grinding yes 50 hours a week then i don't care enough that i'm not dedicated enough so there's been a, a big mindset shift that i've had to go through to allow myself to actually only work 20 hours a week Mm -hmm. yeah. you know because my health is a full-time job and I'm also studying I'm doing a master's degree at the University of Leeds on disability studies uh, in order to do some research on disability and work culture and the aim with that then is to go on to do a PhD in, in employment and disability so mm -hmm. it's 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 a lot <laughs> and sometimes it's it's yes, yes. To forget that um, my body does need rest and, and productive rest. <laughs> mm. Yes, yes. Um, that's something I think that is easy to put to one side, especially when you're starting something new, um, because it will take and does take a lot of energy to get this off the ground and to have those you know to have those conversations and those meetings and I mean I guess you are you going out to businesses actively going out and and targeting them or how how do you find how do you find the businesses to have those conversations we've been very fortunate that you know networking and using contacts and LinkedIn has been an incredible source for us um we are ramping up our marketing this year and it will be towards touting you know getting businesses to just stop and, and listen for a little bit to see you know actually if if this is interesting to them because we found you know it they it's easy to be switched off very quickly once we start talking about uncomfortable subjects mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah it's um we're really looking forward to this year and we've, we've got some really great projects already lined up with a couple of companies and um yeah, the business centre will just be a way for us to bring all of them together and also encourage peer-to-peer -peer yeah. conversations. You know, it's it's easy for us yes. to sit there and say, this is what uh, we think will work, but actually hearing it from another company or another HR director or another manager and saying, well, actually, your structure sounds very similar to ours and this is what we did, um, facilitating facilitating. Mm conversations as well is is going to be key to driving you know the, the need for these conversations and reducing the stigma of these conversations yes 
Yes. And what would you say are some of the things and skills that you've learned about yourself? You know, what have you discovered about yourself that perhaps you didn't realise was there before? I'd say that the ability to adapt quickly is something I've definitely learned over the past year and a half. Mm. So SICK has pivoted about four times now to where we are today. And I think, um, you know, we're finally in a place where it now really does make sense, everything that we're doing, and this is what we're mm. building on. Um, but, yeah, just the the ability to look at a situation and not dither on it for a month questioning whether it's the right thing to do you know who's gonna you know feel bad about it am I gonna feel bad about it and just go you know what well if it's not right then we've learned something and we can we can just change again take a risk you make a mistake you work out how something works could be or could be different and then you just start again don't you that's the thing adapting really really quickly um I just want to ask you one last question um I know you talked about you know when you retire if your business is still going then you yes. know something hasn't gone right but what about what about internationally mm. I mean, you talked to just about the UK but isn't isn't this an international need you know we we've got listeners from all over the world uh, on this podcast and they might be thinking well okay this is happening in the UK what's happening in in my country do you think there's any scope to take what you're doing into other countries it's a really interesting question and something that I have thought a lot about however I also really do recognize that when it comes to disability and how we in the UK in our society deal with disability it is going to be and it is different in other cultures in other um, countries Mm. and how we are building sick is a solution for the UK society view of disability and to copy paste does those cultures and countries a disservice because we will be missing out inevitably By all means, I think that there would be scope to facilitate conversations with other Mm -hmm. people in those countries to say, well, this is what we're doing um, and support them in developing their own, you know, even if it's a copycat. You know, I also believe that there's no real thing about competition. It's we're all working towards the same goal and there's there's going to be a, a need to share resources and understanding and support with that. And it's good to hear you kind of be so definitive about it as well, because, you know, that that shows that, OK, this is about focusing here and then if there's best practice or if there's learning from it then that can be you know that can be shared out but actually you know it needs it needs to go it needs to go beyond that yeah Yeah. Rachel thank you so much if if our listeners want to know more about what you do and what SICK does how can they find out more can you give us your website any social media handles yeah yes so head to our website it's sickofficial.co.uk that's s-i-c official.co.uk and yeah take a look at what we're doing all our socials are linked on there too 
um, feel free to leave comments on our posts or send direct messages or fill out the contact form on our website. I love to hear from people's ex- own experience, even if you know you don't want to get involved in what we're doing. You just want to leave me a message to say hi. Love it. And I just want to thank you so much for being on, on this episode today and for all your inspiration and for, for what you're doing and the important work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimenta.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, self-access online modules and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 Journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice.